K-A-L-W. We are speaking to you out of a room with a couple of windows and white tarnished paint. And we got posters up with KLW. We got a poster of a drawing by Brian Timms. And what I want to say is that this is a place that is better than any cell we could be in right now. And we are coming to you to share uncuffed so that you can see and feel what we see, feel, and hear. And hopefully, we could bring you here to keep you out there. This is Uncuffed from KALW, recorded and produced by people in California prisons. My name is Spoon Jackson. On this show, you will hear stories from producers at both Solano State Prison and San Quentin State Prison. Today, you are here with us, the fellas of Solano. What's up, cats? What's up, Spoon? Hey, Spoon. Hey, well, right. That's Brian Timms. Tell the listeners about this show. We record stories with other people in prison. We have long conversations and edit them down for you. For a while now, we've been airing them on KALW 91.7 in San Francisco. Now, we're presenting them in a new format, where we're the hosts. This is Joe Kirk here. I'm another one of the producers at uh, Uncuffed. And I just want to let you know, we all come from different walks of life. Uh, You know, some of us are urban, some of us are from the desert. Uh, Some of us are uh, country bumpkins. Well, I think Steve is, I don't know. But uh, we all have our different styles, uh, different stories we we like to do. Some of us like to do happy stories. Some of us like to do serious stories. Some of us like to do, uh, you know, mind-bending stories. Today we're going to hear a story from Brian Mazza. That's me. Brian, can you uh, talk about the kind of stories you like to do? You know, mainly I like to present stories that show that people are making good use of their time to change. Art, music, redemption, recovery, that's where I come from. Why? It reflects on who I am and my drive uh, in life, trying to make something out of this time that I've been wasting in prison. Yeah, so Brian, can you uh, kind of set it up for us? Yeah, sure can. Um, Twin, I didn't meet him in the flesh right away. I heard the story about him. He was working on the yard crew, and uh, they were trying to move this chunk of concrete, the whole crew. And they called Twin over, and uh, Twin picked up this chunk of concrete, threw it in the back of the truck, and moved it all by himself with the strength of five men. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm like thinking, man, you never want to cross this guy because it just sounds scary, right? <laughs> but then, a little bit later on, I heard this youngster, a uh, big, big kid, playing this music over uh, by the circle. And uh, it was so beautiful and peaceful that it it just caught me right away. Do you have a name for this story? Yeah, it's Skyboy. Twin is his street name, and Skyboy is his artist's name. Let's get to the story, to the magic, to the realness of the piece. It will blow you away. How does Remus Sam Lange, a Pacific Islander in prison for life, adopt his Tongan ceremonial tradition to compose a remorseful song of healing. I stole her sunshine. Malolele. How are you today? Saipe. Saipe. Tell me about your last name, Langi. My last name, uh, it goes back as uh, my grandpa's grandpa. The chief had told my, my ancestor to build him an estate in uh, in downtown, Nukualofa. And then my ancestor replied back and told him and said, uh, I'll build my estate in the heavens. 
Tai Chi Zone like, uh, well, what about your descendants? What about those after you? What, what will they inherit? My ancestors told them uh, they will inherit the heavens. Yeah, I'm, I'm an inheritor of heaven, you know. Would you mind sharing what happened that night? It was December 21st, 2002. A friend of mine invited me to uh, come out to a barbecue that was doing at night time. It was a nighttime barbecue. And then uh, after the barbecue, we drank. There were other group of gentlemen that was outside across the street. Altercation took place. And, and uh, the police got there and uh, we all arrested and stuff. And uh, they were, I didn't realize it was serious till we got to the county jail. And they told me that uh, he really hopes this guy wakes up, man. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember it being that, uh, serious, man. The family decided to, uh, pull his plug on Christmas Day, and, uh, my charges changed from attempted murder to homicide. Okay, talk to me about your victim's family. They was always showing up to my court dates, you know. You were well aware of the impact that you had on that family? Yeah. So talk to me one day, you're talking to your brother, tell me about that. Man, it was crazy, man, when I had to translate for dad, man. My own dad was apologizing to the family. My dad don't speak English, you know. And uh, he said something about uh, even though my, my son is going to prison, you know, uh, uh, I'm still fortunate in the sense that I can still talk to him, you know. When he told me that, it made sense for me because uh, when I look back, there was a period where the victim's family stopped showing up. So whatever your dad told them? My dad's apology, I believe it, uh, it came off across as, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, their victim's family stopped coming to court. Man, they stopped showing up. They didn't even come for trial. They didn't even come for the sentencing. They just... They started they healing. Never, what your dad told them started the healing process for them. I believe that... That, uh... Yeah, yeah. In the old, in, the, in, 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 in uh, back, back in the Polynesia, like if a party even kills another party, right? Before the sun rises, they go and they, they, they wear a bulo, like a top of cloth, and they sit in the front of the uh, victim's uh, family's house, right? The family can do whatever they want to do with them. They can kill them, they can retaliate, they can do whatever they want to do. And if not, the family will come out and forgive them. That's exactly what my dad did. You're still writing music, yeah. and most of your music had negative connotations to it. Growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in is uh, going through the juvenile hall system and stuff. Like, raps was like how we kill time. Tell me about what happened when your sister comes to visit you. She asked me, hey man, so I'm hearing from, uh, from Vailea and them and uh, all your nephews that 
you've written so many songs, you know, you all you do is write songs. And I was like, yeah, I got a lot of them. Well, sing me one of your songs. Let me hear one of your songs. And I was going through, you know, going through which song would be appropriate, you know, to sing for my sister. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't think of one. Because of what? Because of the content of the of the songs, you know what I mean? Right. Like the taboo is uh, we can't swear when we're around each other. We can't, uh, I can't be in a room. She can't be in my room. We can't even watch TV together. So you uh, didn't, you weren't able to share any of your music with your sister at that point in time? None. Tell me what happened after that. With, she, your, with your creativity, that is, what you wanted to do. She tells me, it, it was a turning point for me. She tells me that, uh, you can't sing one song, huh? I said, nope, I can't. I said, why? She said, up, up it. Uh, uh, meaning, uh, swear words, huh? It's like, yup. And she tells me, man, why don't you write a song that when I hear it, I'll be proud to say that you're my brother. Or if your nieces hear the songs, that they'll be proud to say that you're uh, their uncle, you know what I mean? You sing beautiful songs. And that kind of like sparked this whole thing for me I, that I had never written my letter of remorse. And I go, I go to what's natural for me, you know what I mean? Like uh, the music. The music. So I, I go back to playing the guitar. And when I'm playing the guitar, this song comes to me, man. I stole her sunshine. Mm-hmm. Robbed her blind in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. With a phone call. Bearing bad news, a dreadful kind um, The kind you never want your mother to hear Feel and go through Her worst fears and nightmares All in one That was Sky Boy, produced by Brian Mazza. What do you folks think about the story? Let's start with you, Joe. You know, every time I listen to that story, it really gets to me. I've listened to it several times, and it still evokes the same uh, reaction in me. Uh, every time I hear twins' uh, voice crack up and the tears calm, it, uh, it just pulls that, that raw emotion out of me. If it emotionally impacted the hobo, Joe Kirk, that's saying something. Yeah, I'm kind of like a robot. I, I don't even think I cried when I was a baby. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> mom that was crying. <laughs> no, send this back. Oh my God! <laughs> what do you think, Spoon? Twins' music remind me of Michael Fronte, and I remember when Michael Fronte came into a uh, new Folsom. He came in with some bare feet, with his dreads hanging, and he and, and, and he looked like he from the island too. So he might have a little island in there. Damon, bro. All this time, I thought you were black. You're Tongan, so you know how the other Tongans in the community, uh, how they reacted to this story? Yeah, this story came out a few months ago, and when it came out, there's a very strong community in the Bay Area, Tongan community. I know firsthand that there are several um, gang members that are now reevaluating what it is to be a gang member and what it is to be a Tongan. Sometimes they misconstrue the two, and they think that that tribalism exists on another level, particularly in America. They can all identify with the redemptive process. He spoke clearly about how his father felt when he he committed the crime and how he had to redeem himself. And that is something that resonates even today 
in Tonga right now? Yeah, he, uh, he's speaking the truth. You can tell there's a lot of integrity in what he says. And he taught me something with his, uh, his lyric from Heaven Please about the mother uh, receiving that phone call, bearing bad news, the dreadful kind. And uh, it taught me how, you know, it gave me a little bit of insight on my own mom when she got them phone calls in the middle of the night. Uh, your son's been shot or your son's been arrested. And it just made me really put myself in her shoes. And uh, I started to understand better about what my family went through. That shows the power of music and how it can heal the soul, how it can heal the victims in the victimizer and make the world better. As simple as that, huh? He's starting to uh, get visits from his family that he hasn't seen in a long time. So he's been affected, and he's been so affected that he came back into the studio, recorded a brand new song for us. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right. Sounds good to me. No, I'm cool. Thanks, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who you on? I'm sitting here with Remus Sam Longi once again, and I wanted to talk to you about the new song, More to Life. Um, what was the inspiration behind that song? The inspiration behind the song, just a whole bunch of conversation going around in the, uh, in the dorm area. And, uh, you know, what's going on in the, on the news and stuff. and um, The war stories? Yeah, all the war stories and stuff. And then all the shootings on the on TV, you know what I mean? And then one night I'm, I'm talking with my uh, the little young homie. And I said, man, you think, you think, man, I was just telling him, like, man, there's got to be more to me. Is that, is that what we living for, man? Just to come out here and just shoot everybody, cliche, come huh? to prison, you know what I mean? Die on the streets. We hear about people dying, you know what I mean? That thing is continuous and like for what? What purpose is that serving? You know what I mean? Right, right. So like, those are like the thoughts I would kind of like uh, kind of fill in my head of Purpose of life, I've been wondering. I've been up all night on the drawing board trying to figure it out. Yeah, there's gotta be more. Yeah, there's gotta be more. Then he's penny, nickel and diamond. Glamour glistening your eyes, eagle soaring high. You're in the inside, coming alive. Coveting another man's life, another man's wife. In constant competition. Money, drugs, and sex make the world go round. Property value going down. So will your flesh decay in the ground? gotta be, it's gotta be, way more, way more to life than what I see, than what I've seen, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, way more, way more to life than what I see, than what I've seen. And that's it for the first episode of Uncuffed. Two weeks from now, we'll have another story from San Quentin. Subscribe to Uncuffed in any podcast player. And while you're at it, tell a friend. The Uncuffed crew at Solano consists of Brian Mazza, Spoon Jackson, BF Timms, Joe Kirk, Damon Cook, and me, Steve Drown. Thanks to Joe Kaufman, who played lead guitar with Skyboy. And also thanks to David Jassy at San Quentin. He created the beats at the beginning of this episode. We'd like to thank the crew at KALW Public Radio. Nina Gensler-Debs, Jessica Plachek, Andrew Steltzer, Ben Trefney, and Eli Wurtshafter. And thanks to the staff of Solano who make this possible, Mr. McCann, Dr. Williams, Mr. Unden, and Lieutenant Blackwell. 
She approves all the content from us here at Solano. We fact-checked everything to the best of our ability. Uncuff gets its support from the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Thanks for listening. Founding Fathers Foundation is crumbling in God we trust you. It's crumbling, compromising morals and values. Crumbling, losing our sense of direction. Yeah, we crumbling. It's gotta be, it's gotta be. Way more, way more to life than what I see, than what I've seen. It's gotta be, it's gotta be. Way more, way more to life than what I see, than what I've seen.